Introducing me. Do 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 do. Yeah, yeah. What's up, you guys? It's Tuesday. Actually, I didn't remember what that song was from, and it really hurt my feelings. But it's from Camp Rock. A swing and a freaking miss. But uh, what can you do? So, anyways, on a separate note, I'm Ashley. I'm Abby, and we wanted to do a quick check-in with you guys just to say hello to anyone who may be new to the podcast and let you guys know who we are and why the heck we started this thing in the first place. I feel like we haven't come full circle in a while. We're coming to the close of season one, which we decided is going to be soon. <laughs> TVD on the TVD on the closing date. But um, if you've listened to the past 35 episodes, skip this uh, next minute or so. And if this is the first one you're on scene two, or maybe the fifth, that's why we're going to bring it full circle real quick. Yeah. So let's just jump right into it. Ashley and I met at Pepperdine where we were both PR majors and we became best, best friends junior year, I would say. It's a lot of best. You're feeling overly confident today, aren't you? Um, yeah, I have a lot of uh, people I'm competing with for best friend of Ashley because Ashley keeps a big close circle. Big, big, big. But yes, we met at Pepperdine and we would live and die for Pepperdine. If someone asked us to prove our loyalty, we would end it all because we are obsessed with Pepperdine. So if anyone has any questions about Pepperdine or knows anyone who wants to go, give us a give us a call. That's true. Oh my gosh, we should do a Pepperdine episode. Anyways. Um, yeah, we met and then we were neighbors junior year coming back. We both studied abroad and then had a mutual friend, Allie. Shout out Allie. She is Allie gets a lot of shout out. She's a lot of shout outs. She's been on this podcast twice. Um, there was a spell of time at the end of junior year where we all had a lot going on in our personal lives and we were trying to move out of our apartment. And for some reason, Abby ended up without an apartment for a few weeks. And she ended up with her whole life packed into the back of her car. Her landlord threw a bunch of her belongings in the trash. A lot of my succulents made their way into a local <laughs> dumpster. And that's just really a tragedy when she got evicted and the landlord also <laughs> proceeded to text the new tenants who were some of our best friends about what a horrible tenant abby was previously so abby ended up living on our couch for a spell junior year and and the franticness of me trying to move out and all of this stuff going on all i recall is her sitting around with all of her stuff in piles around the living room watching america's next top model and not lifting a finger what else is new just me your couch and tyra banks that's all i needed and i slept there for a week but you know it is yeah, another thing i'll live and die by is that couch we still have it in the garage my parents hate it but i'm just hanging on to it for lord knows what reason hanging on for dear life we should have had the people in college sign it or something on the underneath yeah. side of the cushion embroider their name into it but anyways yeah. so senior year we were not neighbors but we had a hell of a time and we lived together for a spell with some of our other best friends Yes, we lived together in the beach shack in Malibu, a five-minute walk from the beach. It was a dream, honestly. It was I just a had dream. a friend actually telling me, she, she was like, you do know that you and your friends, that was the best time of your guys' lives, and that was it for you. Like, other people have other best times, but that was your guys' <laughs> I hope you. you know there's nowhere to go but down. <laughs> yeah, she was like, it'll be fine, but, like, that was as good as it gets for you yes. guys. <laughs> And honestly, like during COVID year, like while we were graduating, finishing school online, we had like little to no responsibilities. And so we just spent every day watching movies and going to the beach, really. 
Your life revolves around the UV index. But as you can tell, we're nostalgic as hell. I could talk about this for hours, so we'll save that song for another time. But we decided to start this podcast because we fell headfirst onto podcasts over the summer, and I was constantly looking for new ones, and we love to talk. And one day, Abby was like, there's not a podcast for what I want to listen to, which is something geared towards postgrads, life in your 20s, all of that nonsense. Why don't we make one? Because we love to talk so damn much. Yeah. Do you think it was my idea or was it mutual? I think you came, you were like, why don't we start a podcast like passively? And then I was like, why don't we start a podcast? You know we how both I were like, that sounds like something we would do, actually. <laughs> how I jump head first with uh, all the determination in the world. <laughs> yeah. I actually used to think people who listened to podcasts were weird. Like, I just didn't really understand yeah. the concept behind it. I'm just a big music girly. And our uh, my roommate, India, would always listen to podcasts while she was in the shower. Shout out The Morning Toast, which I'm also obsessed with now. But I was always like, why are you listening to like strangers talk? Like, why is that fun or comforting or entertaining? But then now, hopefully, we hope and pray that people listen to us talk. And we hope that you guys find it entertaining, valuable, and comforting, such as we do. So that's at the very cool. least, at the very, very least, after you listen to 10 episodes or something, I hope that you feel like you're sitting around at happy hour with us. Because... Yeah. We love happy hour and to drink and we love meeting new people. So yeah, we love all those things and we love this podcast and we love our listeners. So if you're a loyal fan, shout out to you. We love you. And if you're new, we also love you and we're happy that you're here. But also something that makes me like new podcasts so much is feeling like I'm connected to the host or um, just like more so than just listening to the podcast. So go give us a follow on Instagram at just go with it dot podcast. Is there any place else that we are that's important? I mean, we got a website. <laughs> we got a website has one blog post on it and counting. We're getting there. I mean, it's slow steps. Yeah, but most importantly, the Instagram. Yeah, most importantly, if you want to see our bright and beautiful faces, head over to justgowithit.podcast. Um, we can have some giveaways. We're doing some giveaways soon. Oh, also, we wanted to touch on the fact that this podcast is finally catching ground because we booked our biggest guest that we've ever had. And we're not going to drop the name quite yet, but she's quite busy. So we're going to have that interview coming out next month. But we're so, so excited. This is someone that I am literally so excited for. I think I would approach her in the wild to say hi if I saw her. So stay tuned for that one. Um, next up on the itinerary that I wrote on this yellow legal pad that Abby hates more than life itself because then I have to rewrite the notes and then send them over to her, which is why we need an intern. It's just not efficient. It's just not efficient. Each episode is a subtle hint that we're hiring an intern <laughs> for school credit. Yeah, we're like, um, if anyone is interested, anyone at all, please school reach out. credit galore. Maybe a stipend. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. We'll we'll talk to Don't our CPA. To that. We'll talk to our CPA who we <laughs> just hired contractually. Um, but next up on the itinerary was how do you want to introduce this? I just think it's important that we're coming up on one year of COVID year. Like it's it's coming up the one year mark, and I think it's a really important thing to check on your local party girl. Like, how are they doing? Those outgoing, extroverted fun, exciting girlies that just have to sit at home and not have plans. Like those people are having a hard time and those people are Ashley and I. So how are you doing, Ashley? I'm the local party girl. Um, cry me a river, right? <laughs> I am 
back and forth. Sometimes I feel like I have Stockholm syndrome because I'll do something and then I can't wait to go home. Sometimes I'll do something and I'm like, ah, that wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. I can't wait to go home to my dog and my couch. So Stockholm syndrome in the best sense. Um, And other times I don't have anything to do to have Stockholm syndrome at. So then I get sadder. Sometimes there are good days though. Sometimes I have fun Fridays. Extreme highs and extreme lows, right? Extreme highs and extreme lows is basically my personality type. Yeah, I would agree. And you're a type seven on the Enneagram for anyone who is into that. If anyone has any Enneagram experts, I'm trying to book one on this show. I'm so into the Enneagram. Yeah, send them our way. We're really into the Enneagram. Um, I'm an Enneagram type 8, and I don't have anyone to challenge, so that's been rough for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I no one to defend or, like, be extremely loyal to, so, like, that's been kind of rough. I have um, also learned, though, how much of my social life revolves around getting drinks Mm-hmm. Or getting dinner. But like, what else are you supposed to do with someone who's like a casual friend? What are you going to do? Go on, a, go on a hike? You're not going to like come over friend. and do this puzzle with me. And that's another thing. I'm, if we're going to play dead and watch a movie on the couch, I just want to sit on my own couch. That's what India always says. Our friend who we've had play a few dead. times. She always says, if we're going to play dead, I want to play dead on my own couch. <laughs> I'm really excited because I'm seeing all these TikToks where people are like starting their TikTok and they're like, this is a reminder to finish this in summer when like clubs open back up and people are actually smiling and doing things. And I just have really high hopes that that actually will happen. And with this new vaccine and everything, like who knows, maybe that will be normal by summer because I am just itching to put on a cute ass outfit and go to some type of club where things are dark and people are drinking and there's music and there's lights and everyone is just having a friggin' time. Could you imagine this sun-drenched splendor, the nighttime splendor of going to Jameson's in Santa Monica? Ugh, I can't. And I can't Live even. Music. Can you imagine all of us just getting ready in our bathrooms and music's blasting and we're all calling at each other to take shots and then we're just putting makeup on slowly. We talk about having this thing called an evacuation plan where when things truly get back to normal, we take a trip to a location that we pull out of a hat and really go all out and all in. When was that the plan? I've never heard of that before. <laughs> oh, me and some of our other friends have been developing an evacuation plan. This is your formal notice then, Abby. <laughs> well, thank God I finally got one live and on air. We're calling it an evacuation plan if anyone else wants to come. Yeah, that honestly yeah. sounds like a plan but that we should have in place, and I'm glad that we do. Booking a trip somewhere, party bus, the second you get off the airplane. Yeah, Ashley and I come from the land of booking party buses because they were cheaper than round-trip Ubers, and it was just because it was a Saturday night. No reason, no one's birthday, no formal, nothing, just party no evacuation plans. But yeah, so uh, check on your local girl. Yeah, all you listeners out there, I'm sure you know a local party girl. And like, I just think she, he or she might like need some extra love. So I'm not that. sure what to do for them. No more Zoom happy hours. They aren't cutting it, but <laughs> yeah, Zoom happy hours are just not it these days. Um, but anyways moving on another really important thing that you guys may or may not know about Ashley and I a big huge part of our friendship of our friend group of our line of our existence is movies and movie quotes watching movies talking about movies and then taking quotes from them and integrating it into our everyday vocabulary and just never letting it go and taking things too far we love doing all of that we love the bit what's we love a bit So what's more fitting than this episode being all about movies that we talk about, that we love, that we think are funny, 
that have life lessons that people may have not recognized the first time that they watch it or may not realize can come out of such movies as this. Real quick, before we jump into these movie lessons, I want to talk super briefly about a time we were so dedicated to the craft of films that we went ahead and we drove a little over an hour to go to Ojai to go and do a tour of all the EZA filming locations in this small, small town with nothing in it. And so we toured around all of those. We took pictures of the house that Emma Stone lives in and the park and all of that nonsense in the bookstore. And then on the way back, we're like, let's hit some more obscure movie locations. So we went and took some pictures in front of the hotel where they have the pageant and uh, Little Miss Sunshine. I love that movie. That's over in Ventura. So that's another fun activity to do with your friends. Go ahead and look up extremely obscure movie locations that aren't really that impressive whatsoever and go and uh, have a look around. Easy is a good one, though. Yeah, and it's all free. And that's something good to do in this trying pandemic time, actually. Totally, totally. And also, we refer to Pasadena as the filming location of Father of the Bride, not Pasadena. Yes. 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 And that blings perfectly into the first movie where he calls his wife the Princess of Pasadena. I don't know if you remember that part, but RV with uh, my near and dearest of friends, Robin Williams. He's my dream dinner guest besides Taylor Swift. He is a dream. He would be such a fun dinner guest. Mm -hmm. I miss him so much. He makes me feel so safe. Um, But yeah, let's jump into that. So we have actually two movies on the list featuring Robin Williams. The first one is RV, as Ashley mentioned. I have a few quotes that I pulled from the movie because I know this movie like the back of my hand since I was a kid. So I'm just going to lay some out for you. Nothing gets past you, does it? Nothing. Not a single thing. Not um, Abby was saying my memory is a steel trap. Yeah. And I was like, well, not about anything important. If it was, I'd be a doctor or something. Yeah. No, actually, <laughs> like, can remember movie quotes, like, pull them out of nowhere. And it's like precise, like the exact quote. I'm like, what? Also, in RV, let's remember that JoJo wasn't at the singer from the of 2000s. Course. How could you forget? So, in one part, this reminds you me a lot of you and your dad, Abby. Robin Williams is saying something to Jojo and he's like, isn't that cool? And she's like, yeah, Macarena cool. And I thought that that was something that you can possibly say to Kevin. <laughs> Macarena cool? Yeah. And another okay, I'll one, try to incorporate it into my repertoire with my dad. Another good one is when he gets pulled over after the RV goes into the lake and <laughs> the cop is like questioning him about it. And he's like, well, this RV here, she likes to be uh, ridden hard and put away wet. And that's something that our friend group says all the time. <laughs> written hard and put away what <laughs> there are so many quotes in rv that just could not fly in 2021 but they are so uh-huh. funny like another good one everyone needs to go back and watch it like please that i said maybe we should title this uh episode <laughs> is they're talking about they meet this other family the mccornickies and they're talking about how the daughter's name moon and they're like going off on the tangent and they're like what about your son what's he named and he's like well this is my son carl named after carl carl marx the original father of communism or something like that <laughs> we also quote that one all the time too it's so funny it's just like all these things would not fly but like back yeah. then all bets were off like yeah. comedy was watched- comedy this one, I watched a scene on it when I was preparing for this episode, Abby, and this is sounding like something you would say. He's talking about going to the lake, and he's like, this place is super special. Not your Uncle Mike kind of special, but a different one. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. So, so, good. so what did it teach you, though? Because we have to bring it full circle. What, yeah, what of course. This? Do you have quotes for a lot of these movies on our list? Because I don't. I have like a few. Don't okay. get too excited. 
fine. I won't. I'll just be really surprised when you pull them this, out. That one was the most, for sure. That was the most dense on There's the- just so many funny quotes <laughs> from our group. Especially, like, we are group all the time, says Ridden Hard and Put Away Wet, which is awful and disgusting, but we yep. can't stop. <laughs> we can't stop. We can't be stopped. Yeah. Um, okay, my life lesson that I took away was you can bend over backwards for your kids, but no matter what, at some point, they're going to hate you and treat oh. you like shit. But it's a common experience, so don't worry. It'll pass. And it's true. If you think You're speaking about to it, all the parents that listen to this podcast, aren't you? <laughs> our, not our target market parentals out there. But it's true. Like at some point, no matter what, like no matter if you are just trying your hardest to make your kids lives amazing, they're just going to not want anything to do with you. But it's not because you're a bad totally. parent. It's just because they're bratty teenagers. And that just sucks. Totally. I have yep. one that is true across like friendships or family ships or anything of that nature. But sometimes you need to get out of your environment to regain the relationships that you had with people. The family's falling apart. They get out of their environment. They shove them in an RV. And by the end, they're in love with each other again. Wow, good, Ashley. That was deep. Uh-huh. I uh-huh. like that. Came, came up with that all on my own. Also, a little fun tidbit about it. Our friend Allie, who we've had on a few times, one time by a series of unfortunate events, which is another good film. We made her watch RV four times in one weekend because <laughs> different people kept wanting to watch it. And she kept getting stuck with those people in the same room. <laughs> such a martyr. Like If that were me or you, we'd be like, absolutely not. Like, I can't watch this for the fourth time. Allie was just like, sure. That's <laughs> yeah, a heart of gold. Good. You guys should like sign up for an um, improv class. <laughs> A summertime improv. Like, honestly, you guys would be good at it and it would be fun. Maybe if you come visit, do you want to do a giant acting improv group? 150%. Sign me up. Next up is another favorite with Robin Williams, Mrs. Doubtfire. When I tell you that I grew up on Mrs. Doubtfire, that's almost an understatement. From as young as I can possibly remember... I have watched this movie VHS DVD on TV. It's my comfort movie. And we would always watch it when we go on family vacations, but how there's a DVD player in the car. I remember always watching that growing up. And Mrs. Doubtfire raised you. Sorry, Lisa. It wasn't you. It was Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes, Mrs. Doubtfire was my nanny. So, and a quote that I throw around like confetti is when he yells hot jambalaya. When he's, uh, do you know what part I'm talking about? In the kitchen scene. <laughs> I'm trying to picture it. He's in the kitchen scene and he's specifically putting pe- pepper on um, Pierce Brosnan's meal. Oh, because he's yeah, allergic. yeah. And then he's like hot jambalaya and he taps at the uh, bell. Some more good quotes. Help is on the way, dear, when he yells it across the restaurant. <laughs> Help is on the way, dear. <laughs> you probably do a good impersonation of Mrs. Doubtfire, actually. I probably could if I like practiced a little bit. Here are some of my lessons. Aside from the hop jambalaya, you should go to great lanes for the people you love. He went to such length as becoming a woman just to see his kids. And that's mm-hmm. really admirable, I think. Oh, also when he tells Sally Field, she comes in and he, they're already divorced and mm-hmm. she's wearing some long shawl thing. And he's like, I'm loving this dances with wolves motif that you have going on. <laughs> Robin Williams is the king of comedy like in his movies when he just like mumbles something under his breath like you have to catch yeah. it like, there's what was so I telling you like I told you something earlier today that was a quote from Stoutfire oh when he's saying complete and total celibacy is the only way and then mm. some other stuff that I penned down is don't let your conflict with someone get in the way of relationships with someone else mm. so Sally Field looking at you <laughs> looking at you Sally 
I'm scared that I could turn into the type of parent Robin Williams was in this movie, which led to his divorce. But everything can be solved with the party and some jokes. <laughs> yes, I could totally see that. But you're honestly too loving and nurturing to be like, he was just a little reckless. But I don't yeah. think he he didn't deserve everything that happened to him in that movie. They were but like opposites. They just yeah, there was no, no and also on that at one. the very, very end when he gets his own TV shows, Mrs. Doubtfire, and he's talking about how all families are different, but that doesn't make them love the kids any less. That part almost makes me cry now that I'm a grown-up. And then fifteen years later they made the movie Blended, and that was just oh. the same kind of storyline. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. They're all connected. <laughs> Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Kicking and screaming. Oh. Why don't you waste some clothes on me? God. Does he say lay off that corduroy jacket? Is that what he says? <laughs> like, hey, lay off my kid. And he's like, you lay off that corduroy jacket of yours. I am obsessed with this movie to another level. Like, I don't understand what it is. This is like the movie that I remember watching so, so young and just like always growing up with. And I just really think it's Will Ferrell's peak movie. I think it's the best one he's ever mm-hmm. done. I don't really care for Blades of Glory. I don't even care for Elf that much besides that it's seasonal. Okay. I was watching Daddy's Home <laughs> on Saturday because <laughs> it was on TV. And that's actually really good. Okay. I'll I think, give that one a shot. Yeah, of course. Lucky Mark. Yeah. But just kicking and screaming, I, I can literally quote the entire mm-hmm. movie. Like every line by every person. Like I just know what they're going to say. And I could still watch it a hundred more times. Like I just think it's so funny. And I love Rob Duvall. I have a weird obsession. Yeah. When he kicks the bucket, um, Abby's going to end it all. We should do a tribute to Rob Duvall episode if that ever happens one day because that's gonna be a really hard day for me um one time we were all about a bar with a bunch of friends on like a friday night and with the vibe just was off with the bar not yeah. each other with the bar and someone was like why don't we watch kicking the screaming when we get home and like 10 minutes passed and a bunch of us were like why don't we just leave now and watch kicking and screaming and we scurried out so quick so excited to drive home and watch it <laughs> all of us fled the bar like the great flood we were like we uh-huh. must leave we must go watch kicking and screaming my first lesson that i took away is pass it to the italians and I think that's a good life lesson that everyone should carry with them because Italians really like know what's up. And then my other lesson was you always need someone to back you up and get you juice boxes because that's what um, Will Ferrell says to Mike Dicka. Your job is to back me up and get me juice boxes. I ate your juice box, boy. That's how the conversation goes. And then he- my lesson was that you can have fun with people that you never expected. I.e. Will Ferrell and the entire team of Misfits, the Motley Crew. The Motley Crew. That's so good. And that leads us into our next movie, but also features a very, very Motley Crew, Dodgeball, quote, a true underdog story. Dodgeball is just another one that's really near and dear to my heart, and my dad and I quote it all the time. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball, all that good stuff. But what I have is sometimes all you need is a Motley Crew who believes in a common dream to be successful and I think that's true with a lot of friend groups especially when friend groups are just made up with like so many different personalities and people types and if you just have like a common dream anything can happen really even if that common dream is just having fun yeah even if it's that and then my other one is everyone can be valuable to a team because you're only as strong as your weakest link which is a motif throughout the film a motif (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Costner motif <laughs> that is brought up many times but it's really true like in any type of relationship like you're only as strong as your weakest link so everyone just like keep that in mind 
Next up on the itinerary is a show that Abby hasn't watched, but it's near and dear to my heart. And watching someone else watch this show is another great gift because this show has so many twists and turns. It's lost. And if you think you know the ending and you think it's that they were never on the island, you don't know the ending, okay? Because whatever was publicized all over (laughs) the media is not the ending. Unless you watch it all the way through, it'll make sense. So my two takeaways are that people will rise to an occasion. Okay. No matter what it is. And also a little more promo for this. Every season opener of this show is like you're watching a brand new show. You're like, what's happening? You are shocked, baffled by every intro to every season. Mouth How on the floor. How many seasons are there? Only five or six. It's very doable. Okay. Good to know. But I want to watch it with you, I think, because the, the reactions are good enough. You want to watch it through your child's eyes. I understand. Uh-huh. And then my second one that everyone can actually take with them, because I use this all the time, is he's talking, the main guy on the island is talking to the main girl, and it's when the plane first crashes and she needs to rise. Oh, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. He tells her, all right, just five seconds of fear. Just be really, really scared for five seconds and really terrified and have a pit in your stomach. And after five seconds, after you count to five, move on. And just rush into it. And I do that all the time. Yeah, I think that's so good. That's such a good lesson. Like, seriously, this also is kind of similar to a quote from We Bought a Zoo, which is not one of the movies on our list. <laughs> Spoiler. He tells um, Matt Damon, I think it's Matt Damon, right? Yeah, it is. That, um, but he was saying how he was really afraid to approach the woman that was later to become his wife. When he God, that's so tender. Movie. I need to watch that movie again. It's real good, you guys. And he was like, all it took was 20 seconds of courage mm-hmm. for like a lifetime of excitement, beautiful happiness, everything. But it just, if he, he just needed 20 seconds of courage to just go up to her and start that conversation and just never know what will come out of it. If I was feeling more fragile right now, I'd shed a tear over that. That's so wonderful. <laughs> really wonderful. And I just hope more people, um, well, think that when they want to approach me. <laughs> yeah, he's asking people to approach you at a bar. But take that five I seconds and run around. Like, all you need is 20 seconds yeah. of courage, please. Did you ever see, gosh, with what's his name, but Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium with Natalie Portman and... Um, oh, not in so long. Okay, that movie actually has a lot of good lessons for grown-ups. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but, oh. but he says in it that life is an occasion, so rise up to it, which is Ooh, true. Ooh, good, good. Yes. Okay. Next up on the itinerary is someone we can, I don't know what movies you selected for her, but someone that is so near and dear to my heart. I grew up with this woman as much as I did with Mrs. Doubtfire and I want the best for her always. It's Lindsay Lohan. Oh God. (laughs) What? My obsession with her? No. Yeah. Ashley, tell them about how you would pray for her. Tell them. When I was little, I would pray for Lindsay Lohan and sometimes she still comes into my prayers. I hope she's doing well. She goes through phases. I wish her the best always. Was it because she was going through a hard time or when did the yeah. parents begin? I think it's because she was going through a hard time. <laughs> Rehab, drugs. I didn't want her to ever die. And my prayers must have worked and God must have looked out because you know what? She you didn't. And now she has a club in Athens called Lohan and I want to go so bad. Athens, Georgia or Athens, Greece? Greece. I'm mad that I didn't go uh, when I was there last time but I really want to go and she actually on TikTok I don't know if you, I sent this to you but some girl bought a cameo from her and was like I have to come out to my parents can you say it in the cameo and she sent back oh, the cameo yay. yeah and she looked really good in it yeah Not like she was on any drug she seemed very normal and coherent she sent back the cameo and was like I like you're so brave and I don't think it's my place to do this I think it's yours and she like gave her a yeah. hype up speech that was really tender she did look really good in that mm-hmm. video she looked very stable 
And we have a tender spot for Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Abby, can you explain? So Lindsay um, Lola slash Mary in the movie. That that character is you. The fact that she changes her name to Lola Step. Totally. Yeah, her her like birth given name is Mary, but she just feels like a Lola. Like she feels like that's who she is inside. And very much like that, I feel like I deserve a cooler name than Abby because it's just a little too bland for me. But my friends refuse to call me anything else. So it's fine. Anyways, in that movie, they love this rock rocker, this musician named Stu Wolf, and they risk it all to go see him at this concert and all this stuff. And they really hype him up in their heads. And they actually get to meet him in the back alleyway outside of a concert or a club that he gets kicked out of. And he is just such a drunk and whatever. And so they go to a bar to cl- or they go to a diner to clean him up. And he is dragged into this diner and they sit down and he is just so inebriated. It's not even funny. And they're just like, this guy is gross. Like, why did we idolize him? And he orders a very specific food that is near and dear to our hearts. Onion rings. I didn't even notice. That's my favorite food to order late at night after coming on the way home from something. You do. You love onion rings. I love onion rings. So Abby all the time will obsessively say... I would like an order of onion rings. Oh, yeah, because he's like Australian or something. <laughs> he's drunk. So. Yeah, Australian and drunk together makes that noise that just came out of my mouth. But it's just like such a good movie. And there are a lot of life lessons. What did you have written I down? I didn't write down any for that one, actually. But I just thought of from Lola's step, we can learn how to romanticize our lives. And literally, she's the definition of main character. He is so main character. You're right. She gets the boy she wants. She gets the part in the musical she wants. Mm-hmm. Doesn't let anything in her way. Manifestation, too. And shan't we forget that Megan Fox is in that movie? (laughs) Yeah, Megan Fox is in there. But that movie was ahead of its time with the main character romanticizing. Yeah. And yes, she was dramatic. But like, who isn't dramatic in high school? Just like, own it. Be yourself. Let's not forget Jamie Lee Curtis and her in uh, Freaky Friday. That one is my comfort movie for sure. Yeah, you used to talk about that movie like every day, I think. I would watch it every time that I was hungover after we went out. Allie would always come home. Freaky Friday was on the TV. (laughs) Always and forever. For that is that you can't understand someone else until you've walked in their shoes. Very true. Very good lesson. All of us need to take forth and apply to our lives, really. So are any high schoolers actually in a band that practices in their parents' garage? I think a lot of them are, but they're all like weird and not good. (laughs) um also confession i didn't realize that was i've watched one grew up on one tree hill and gilmore girls but i didn't really realize that was chad michael murray and you tried until i was way too old to like make the connection crazy with his long hair i think one of his earlier movies Uh for sure you have anything for the parent trap that's another one i always or i was watching this tiktok and it was saying how when they were little they thought princess diana and natasha richardson the mom in it were the same person um my life lesson that i took away from that is it's okay to do what you think is best for your life as long as you kind of check yourself and make sure that that's the course that you need to be on. Because I feel like the mom and the dad both made that executive decision. Like we're going to go our separate ways. And she was a bomb wedding dress designer and he was thriving at his vineyard in Napa. But they realized like sometimes things just like have to change. Your whole course of life has to like change. Mm -hmm. And you have to be okay with it. Like, you got to be flexible and you got to go with the flow. One of my favorite questions to ask people, that's a good telling one, is if you were Lindsay Lohan in The Parent Trap, which parent do you think you would have grown up with based on your personality type? And I think I would have wanted the London wedding dress fabulosity, but I think I would have thrived more with the horses in Napa. Same. As a grown-up, I want the mom. But as a kid, I would have loved Dennis. 
And the end's so tender when the parents reconcile and they kiss and they're smiling at each other at the house. Yes. Oh, God. I need to rewatch that one again. We'll switch things up a little bit. Me and Abby are so beyond obsessed with Survivor recently. If you listen to episodes back from when, two or three episodes, I can't remember, but when Ashley and Allie came and flew up to Washington to visit me, we started watching Survivor. I don't even know why. Like, we just kind of started it. Okay, and because we I'll tell you why. What we said, the podcast with J.C. Smith and Chelsea Curtis, they became obsessed with it. And then I once want to see people on Twitter be like, oh, like Survivor, all the seasons are on. And they want to stop talking about it on the podcast. So mm. I think I was like, you guys, let's watch Survivor. Yeah. So a little bit of backstory. Had you ever watched it at all before? Never. I remember being little and maybe seeing like stuff from the tribal council, like probably yeah. just on TV in the background after American Idol or something. Yeah. But um, I never, ever had consciously watched it. That is so funny. I don't think Allie had either, right? Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, so I only had because um, my ex-boyfriend, Jake, who will also be a guest on this podcast, don't hold your breath, everyone, but one of these days, um, he was really obsessed with the Survivor, like probably probably the most obsessed I've ever seen of a person being with any show, not even just Survivor, but he has watched every season back and forth, knows all of the lingo, all of the behind the scenes stuff. And so he had me watch a season with him and I was absolutely hooked as well but I never really took to watching it alone by myself but after you guys came now Ashley and I can't peel ourselves away from the television we're just so into it and every season that we start I'm like who are these people like I want the people from the last season back I don't care about these I'm not gonna get attached to them I'm passively watching and by the finale I am literally ready to shed tears over yeah. some of the stuff, the conversations. I am so attached. I'm looking them all up on Instagram. They've all yeah. aged about 15 years since whatever season we're watching. I'm ready for like someone to adopt me into their family. So for anyone listening who is a Survivor fan, we just finished season 12 and we're about to start season 13. So if anyone's interested in discussing, I would love to discuss a deep dive into the season. New passion project. And Jeff does not get enough credit. Jeff Probst is a god. I want him mm-hmm. to be president. I was telling Abby that I actually feel so inspired after this one segment that they do on the second to last episode. One of the lessons was you have no idea what you're capable of until the occasion arises. Another one was that I got this from one of my favorite people on it, Sari. You can spend your whole life on the couch until you're challenged to actually get up mm-hmm. and then you never know what's going to happen. And then also you can form relationships with people that are completely opposite of you that you wouldn't even imagine and you can depend on them. I love that, especially that last part. That reminds me of the time when I had just like the best conversation at six in the morning with a Middle Eastern man who took me to the airport and mm-hmm. he was like maybe 70 years old and it was just me and it's like two people could not be more opposite walks of life mm-hmm. and we just had the best most intense conversation about life about marriage and love and oh, dreams wow. and hopes and our futures and it was like the best hour and 10 minute car ride I've ever had and we just like connected on another level. Where was this? This was going from Pepperdine to the LAX. I know. It was really cool. It's really impactful. I still think about it to this day. And that just reminds me and Survivor reminds me that if you just spark a conversation with people, like you really can't judge a book by its cover. Like there are commonalities between every single person. Okay. I don't know the story I had. <laughs> a similar thing. I've never told you this one, but I was once in Athens in Greece and a series of unfortunate events had me and a few other people waiting for like a sum of a few hours to board this ferry, to go over to some of the islands, whatever. We ended up in some like 
lousy hotel that was really run down for a few hours because we just needed a place to like rest. And I was in a really bad mood because I was like, I'm not going to, why are we paying for a few hours for a hotel, whatever. So I was in a bad mood. I was like, I'm just going to sit in the lobby because I think that's where like the only outlets were practically in the whole place. I need to charge my phone. So I'm sitting there and then the owner of the hotel ends up, he's like a 60 year old man. And he ends up talking to me and he's like, do you want a coffee? And I was like, sure. And he's like, why don't you come over to my office? And I was like, okay. And in his office is his mother, who's this Greek woman, and she doesn't speak any English and she's watching TV. And I sit down with her and him. He speaks English. And I have some coffee. And before you know it, after 20 minutes, I'm laughing. He's laughing. We talk for like two hours all about my life, his life, her life. He's (laughs) telling me all about her life too. And she's into the conversation. I have one picture picture of them I'll send it to you oh my gosh I love that I can't believe I've never heard that story and he I think through his kids or something he had been to America maybe once and maybe his kids lived here and he like knew about the area I was from it was really absurd the real talented Mr. Ripley stuff huh real talented Mr. Ripley and the people that I was with finally found me and I was like I'm not ready to leave actually I'm having the time of my life and this man turned my mood around just like that Those are some times that make you feel the most alive is when you can just have such great conversations with absolute strangers. And that's probably your only interaction you'll ever have with them. But it's so impactful. That's awesome. What I have for Survivor is you can endure more than you can possibly imagine. And it's actually just 90% mental. And that honestly can be applied to a lot of things. Like a lot of people who are trying to look to get in shape, it can seem very like daunting and like overwhelming. But your body can endure so much if you just like mentally push yourself forward. Like you'll surprise yourself. I kind of want to go on the show, place in a situation where we're stuck there for 30 days. I'm sure there's some type of weird tourist attraction where you can sign up and be like shoved on an island and like forced to make a TP and like live. I'm like really intrigued by it and the dynamics also with everyone. It is really interesting. It's literally a social experiment. And then um, my last one is trust is hard to come by in the game of life and in the game of survivor. Mm -hmm. Trust is just hard to come by. And once you have it, you better hold on for dear life, baby. And then also good things don't come easy. The best things in life are really hard and you can feel really proud of yourself once you accomplish it. So sign us up. If anyone knows any casting people, sign us up. DBS, you have two contestants. Okay. Next up on the itinerary is Grown Ups. A stellar film. Stellar. So in it, David Spade is, he's the one without any kids or anything. And the little girl watches a mosquito fly into the thing where it dies instantly. Mm-hmm. And she's like, where's the mosquito going? And he's like, straight to hell. And they're like, don't tell her that. And he's like, you're right. I'm sorry, Reno. <laughs> <laughs> I love this movie. We always joke about how our friend group, when we get old, are going to be just like these men, these grizzled men mm-hmm. with all our different walks of life. However, we end up, we're just going to commune back at some lake house and just like have our kids run around and be friends. It'll be really fun. What I took away from grownups is walk your own path and stop judging other people based on where they're at because they're not going to judge you where you're at if they are the real ones. Because I feel like a lot of it is the old guys are kind of like trying to one up each other. They're looking at each other's lives, seeing who's more successful in different areas. And if you surround yourself with the right people, people will love you exactly where you're at and not for your accomplishments or lack thereof. And I think your best of friends will grow with you. People aren't thinking about you as much as you think they are. Like in this thing, they're all worried about their appearances to everyone else and everyone's just thinking about their own appearances. Yep, we're all self-centered people. (laughs) Narcissists at our core. 
Um, next up, cheaper by the dozen, same vibe in a different way. Did you realize that they're called the Bakers because it's a Baker's dozen? Yes, you told me that, and that yeah. revelation blew my mind. <laughs> I love this movie with all of my heart, especially part two strikes a chord with me. Actually, no, but they both do. Both endings make me cry in both. And the yeah. first one where they have the We Love the Coach sign, and then the second one where the baby's born. And tell everyone your favorite cro- quote from when the baby was born. I'm going to carry this one with me. I do know a bunch of quotes. I'm going to carry this one with me when we all become parents. But the baby's born, and... They name the baby after him, and he almost sheds a tear. He might shed a tear. And they tell Tom, Tom, there's no way to be a perfect parent, but there's a million ways to be a great one. And you were that to us, basically. And it's so tender. And I think that's the greatest parenting lesson I'll ever have. That is such a good lesson. And I just, that movie, that whole franchise is just so good at wrapping up movies at the end, Mm -hmm. just like really tugging at those heartstrings and making it feel worthwhile. My life lesson that I took away from Cheaper by the Dozen is if you think your community community college coaching job is going to support a family of 12, then you really need to champion your wife's book launch because I feel like there's no way they could have afforded all these kids. Yet and Tom, the size of the homes. Yes, any of it. And Tom was just parading around thinking his coaching job was the most important thing in the world when his wife is a very successful author and she literally had an interview with Oprah in the show or something, right? I put the coach has your best interest at heart. The coach of life, the coach that's your dad. Another good movie would have been Jerry Maguire. Are the best kept secret in podcasting. Uh-huh. And he always tells his athletes, you're the best kept secret. Um, This might be our last one, but we got Princess Diaries. We just watched that a couple weekends ago. The ending scene of that one, I think I'm just getting older because the ending scene of that one with the Miracles Happen song draws a tear from my eye almost. Yeah. For that one, my biggest takeaway was expect the unexpected because you might be like a 15, 16 year old girl and just one day your life's turned around and told that you are the princess of Genovia. Mm -hmm. But much like that, you might be trying to graduate from college and then live your life and have a job. But life tells you there's a global pandemic and every PR firm has a hiring freeze. And no matter what, you just got to expect the unexpected. Like I said, if you carry yourself with grace and class, it comes back around. And I think that's a lesson from the queen more so. From the queen, straight from queen. But in this movie, the driver says, um, nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent. Oh, yeah, baby. That's which, a good one. That which is a great one. And who actually says that? Is it Eleanor Roosevelt? It might be. Oh, it didn't come from the movie? I didn't realize that I was a wealth of quote knowledge. <laughs> you have so many quotes. You pull them out like left and right. I love it. A little movie history for you. In the princess For all diary. you uh, movie history buffs, all you film <laughs> cinematics. In the movie, when she drops, when Anne Hathaway drops like her spoon or something, the waiter is like, don't worry, it happens all the time. He also tells Julia Roberts that in the movie Pretty Woman, and it's the same waiter, same actor. That is so cool. When she dropped something. I love that the director just like chose for him to be have that same exact part. Like maybe they're friends. <laughs> Next up is one of my all-time favorite movies that's really up there for me with Kicking and Screaming and Dodgeball. The School of Rock. I love this movie for many reasons, but first of all, Jack Black, I think this is one of his best films to date. I'm obsessed with it. I love all of the young kids playing um, all of their instruments and how Miranda Cosgrove is summer and all of that. Like just the dynamics of the kids and him is just such a great storyline. What I took away from it was sometimes you have to pretend to be someone else to become who you are actually meant to be. And why I think this is because, I know, deep, right? In the movie, he pretends to be Ned Schneebly, 
the <laughs> who is his um flatmate or whatever roommates identity sorry identity theft is not a joke jim i can't talk anymore but <laughs> basically he pretends to be his roommate and be a substitute teacher and through that experience he realizes something greater inside him that he never thought he could be which is a mentor and a teacher to these kids in music and i think that's really cool okay next up is ferris bueller i reference cameron fry's catatonic state at the end a lot when something shocking happens to me or people around me didn't your instagram bio used to be this one's for you cameron fry yes cameron fry this one's for you you learn something new about yourself every day also, when he um, sings both Twist and Shout and Donka Shen on the... The same way that Freaky Friday is your comfort movie <laughs> when you're hungover or feeling sick. This is my comfort movie, like Ferris Bueller. Something about it. It's like the nostalgia of it and Matthew Broderick's performance and just like the vibe of the 80s and the youth of it all. Like it just really gets to me and it makes me feel so good. There is the famous quote from this movie that everyone quotes. And it's life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around every once in a while, you might miss it. And I don't know. I mean, it might be like a pretty cheesy cliche quote, but for some reason it hits me hard. But I love how like the whole city rallies behind Ferris and like save Ferris is on billboards and all of the cops are like, we're really rooting for your brother to make a full recovery. (laughs) And that one, that's a perfect case of you don't know what you could get away with if you just ask. So many things could happen for you if you just Uh have the balls to ask. I related a lot to Ferris as a character because he tries to be very performative or maybe he doesn't even have to try, but he kind of just like makes life really exciting and like puts on a show for his friends, his girlfriend and his best friend. And that's like how I see myself. Like that's how I want to be. And that's where I'm at my best is when I'm doing that. Do you think Ferris and Sloan stayed together past high school? Definitely not. I think (laughs) it was a hard and fast romance as most high school relationships are. I remember I used to love at the end when... After he says bye to her and he runs away and she's like, he's going to marry me someday. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. I God, I can't believe I can't. my heart. There's so many just in reflecting right now on movies that I would love to be locked up and watch with you, which is funny because we were locked up together in quarantine and watch movies for months. But there's so many more <laughs> that we haven't seen together. Truly. It's just like when more movies keep coming out, like we'll have our whole life to keep watching movies. How blessed are we? How blessed are we? Well, anyway, you guys, as you can tell, we're literal freaks about movies. We love movie history and actors' names and who's married to who and quoting all the movies. And I'm sure there are a lot of you out there who can relate to some of these life lessons that we've pulled from these obscure films. Um, But we want to know what your favorite movies are. So if you want us to watch a movie and talk about on this podcast, let's freaking make that happen. Let's make dreams come true. We're in the business of making dreams come true. If you want us to talk about a movie, we will do it. Miracles happen, Princess Diaries. Okay, let's pretend you can only suggest one movie in the entire world to someone that you think will just have the most all-around impact. What would it be? Easy. About time. Okay, well, that's mine. So Okay, well, we're the same person. So that makes always been mine. That's my number one movie. And ta- speaking of life lessons, I don't know why we didn't bring that one up because the whole damn movie is a life lesson. I think I base my entire life and how I live off of that film. Yeah, that was one of the most impactful things. And I feel like it's so underhyped. Like, do people just not know how freaking good it is? Because mm-hmm. and sometimes when I'm feeling down and I need a reminder about life, I watch about time. Basically, like, if you have the chance to time travel you sometimes don't even want to because you want to just relish in the sweet mundane everyday moments of life that are so so beautiful the score of that movie is so good it's so good we're so annoying talking about the score of the, movie. <laughs> the music the soundtrack forget time. this whole episode and watch about time 
Yeah. Oh my yeah. <laughs> now that you're at the end, pause it and go watch it. <laughs> we're, we're on death row and they said, what's your final meal? I would say, I actually want to watch About Time. <laughs> yeah. I actually don't need to eat anything as long as I can consume with my eyes. <laughs> So, all right. So, this was just a fun episode, but Friday's episode is going to be chock full of uh, real life lessons, not movie ones. So, get geared up for that. We have a guest that I've really been looking forward to. We found him on TikTok. You might recognize him. So, we'll maybe tease him on the story before he actually comes out. Yes. And thank you guys again so much for following along with our little podcast journey. We are so passionate about doing it, and we're just as passionate about movies. So, I hope probably more so, actually. Yeah, probably more so. (laughs) Ashley um, continues to astound me with the movie quotes, and we're just going to live our life, live and die by movies. That's how we're going to do it. I'm astounding myself every day. All right, we'll see you guys on Friday.